0: Well, I'm glad to be here this morning, and uh, we are going to uh, going to read, uh, still in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, 1 to 10. Now, I'm going to ask Brian to put this, there's a map that I asked him if they would put up here. Is that visible? Can everyone see that? This is a map of... Uh, Paul's second missionary journey. If you haven't recognized that, you can see where... uh, I got a little pointer. Over here is Israel. That's Israel over in here. So as we read this scripture and I'm going to stop here from time to time and just kind of try to point out where we're at because I find that I can listen to a scripture and, you know, it gives names of places and uh, I'm really not sure where they're talking about. So uh, we're going to just do the best we can. It's a little bit different, but uh, be patient with me. So... Acts chapter 16. As I read through here, I'm just going to kind of point out where these places are. Uh, then came he to Derby and Lystra. Okay. Here's Antioch. Here's Israel. Here is Derby and Lystra. And this is Turkey. This whole location here is Turkey. So there's Derby. And this by the way, I was looking at the at uh, the map. I've got a map at home and it I would say it's about 250 miles between Antioch and Lystra. So that's quite a little hike. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed. But his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren. Now he's talking about Timothy. He was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. So here is Lystra and there's Iconium up there. So this is This is where Timotheus had his circle of, main circle of influence. And uh, he had a good name. He was well reported of. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews, which were in those quarters. For they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now, when they had gone through Frisia, now that's, these these are like provinces. It wasn't a city. It was provinces. Um, Frisia and the region of Galatia. there it's up in here, Frisia and Galatia. Um, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. and that was right up in here. So they were going to go, uh, they were going to turn west. To preach in Asia, but the Holy Ghost forbid them. So then they said, after they had come to Mycia, that's another little province right there beside uh, Glacia, they essayed to go into Bithynia. Now, up Bithynia is to the north. So they were going to go to Asia. And the Holy Ghost said, no, don't go there. So they decided they'd go north into Bithynia. Bithynia is up in here. Um, But the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, now that's another little province, they... They came down to Troas. Here's Troas. Troas is right on the coast of the Aegean Sea. Here's the Aegean Sea. So Troas is right there. It's a port. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia. Now Macedonia is over you don't really see it it's this is the area up here is macedonia that's another province philippi and uh, now i forget the name something apollos um there stood a man of macedonia and prayed him saying come over into macedonia and help us And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Oh, here. If you just look at verse 11, it says, Therefore, loosing from Troas, so that's that port, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day to Neapolis. So that's right up in here. And Philippi, actually, is just a little bit north. And this area here is Greece. That's Greece. So we've come from Turkey up into Greece. So I hope that that will kind of give you a clear idea of where they were traveling, and I would say that that distance from Antioch to Troas is probably five, six hundred miles. So that's that's quite a little hike. But anyway, the background I just like to mention in coming into the scripture that we're that we're talking about today. Um, we, uh, Barnabas, and Paul, and Silas, and John Mark, and uh, they had all been in Antioch, and there had been a contention between Paul and Barnabas. Not Paul wanted or Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with them, but Paul said no. And so Barnabas, whose name, by the way, means son of encouragement. So he had, he must have had a very encouraging personality. The spirit of the Lord at work in his life. And he felt to take John Mark with him. And so they went to Cyprus. And this here is Cyprus. So they went from Antioch over to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas, and they're taking the land route through what would be Turkey to encourage the churches, and this was Paul's second missionary journey. Uh, Perhaps Paul had learned something from Barnabas about patience and encouragement. But he had a very intense personality. However, he, when he comes to Lystra, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, he Timothy becomes like a son to Paul. And so they're going to travel to Lystra, where Timothy lives. And really, this is a very courageous thing to do for Paul. Because if you look back in Acts, you'll find that when he was there previously there was a, a kind of a revolt from him. He had been stoned, dragged out of the city, and left for dead in Lystra. So now he has come back to Lystra. Very courageous. And here he meets up with Timothy. And as I look at this, these ten scriptures that we've, we're going to talk about, I've kind of broke them into the calling of Timothy or meeting up with Timothy, uh, this, these first five verses. And I'd just like to draw out some thoughts about Timothy. So Paul has met up with Timothy. He had a very good name. He was very well thought of. He had uh, influence as a, as a Christian, as a young Christian young man. His uh, mother was Eunice. His grandmother was Lois. And uh, he had a relationship with the Lord himself. He'd probably become a convert in Paul's first missionary journey, and that's told in Acts 14. Uh, but his mother and grandmother had become believers And they had faithfully influenced Timothy for the Lord. Although it appears that Timothy's father was not a Christian, the faithfulness of his mother and grandmother prevailed in his life. And I would just like to say here, never underestimate the far-reaching consequences of raising one small child to love the lord don't underestimate and the most of us here there's there's some that are still have families to raise but don't underestimate the value of instructing your children in the ways of the lord of praying for them because there was something of the belief of his mother and grandmother that inspired Timothy to be an outstanding Christian. I think of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, who had, Samuel was God's gift to her, but she also said, I will, if the Lord gives me a son, I will give him back to the Lord. And she did. And we know that Samuel was a great prophet of the lord i was also thinking of i don't know if anyone knows about suzanne wesley the mother of john and charles wesley but apparently she had 19 children uh she had uh, she raised 10 so in those days they probably had a mortality rate that was pretty high but she would spend time with her children with all those children and, you know, uh, there was a lot of children, but she would spend individual time with her children to pray with them and to instruct them in the ways of the Lord. So uh, don't underestimate the value of your children and the value of praying with them, of teaching them God's word, and living a life before them. Now, Timothy it says here that he was willing to be circumcised as an adult. He was not required to be circumcised because the Jerusalem Council had decided that, but he voluntarily did this to overcome any barriers to his witness for Christ. Now, that's quite a commitment You see, Timothy had a mixed Jewish and Greek background uh, that could have presented problems on their journeys. And since many of their audiences would have been Jews, they felt, Timothy felt, that it would be, he could be a better witness to the jewish people and it it avoided a potential problem and so he volunteer volunteered to be circumcised he was willing to go beyond the minimum requirements that others could receive his testimony isn't it isn't it amazing these days as you uh, whether it's the workforce or um in living life rubbing shoulders with other people that it is so i don't know whether you'd say popular or common to find people that will just do the bare minimum whether it's in their job or you know in in living life doing the bare minimum just enough to get by But that wasn't Timothy. He was committed 110%. He was resolved to follow Jesus. I remember growing up, there was a song that we used to sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I'll follow. The world forsake me, still I'll follow. That was a chorus that we sang. And as we sang it, it would inspire you to live it. I am going to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And this was Timothy's desire. And so Paul invited him to join their missionary team. It was a start of a lifelong and a life-changing friendship and i think that as we read through the rest of the epistles that i think we could safely say that timothy came to know paul better than any other person he became like a son to paul we have first and second timothy which are letters written to timothy by paul and it was to timothy that paul wrote when he knew that his life was just about at the end. It was like his final testimony to Timothy, his son in the Lord. So Timothy had made a great uh, addition to this missionary team. And as they journeyed, they were making known to the Gentiles and the Jews what had been decided on, by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem, the decision uh, concerning their basis of faith. And it says that the church grew daily in faith and numbers. Now, what had they what was the decision that was made in Jerusalem? The Jerusalem decrees affirmed two things. They affirmed that salvation is not by keeping the law of Moses, but rather by grace alone through faith alone in Christ. And this is something, do you know, that even people today, they don't, many don't accept that. They feel that there's something they have to do to earn their way to receive salvation. That it's, it's not just by faith. It's not just by grace. But in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For By grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If a person could stand before the Lord and say, Well, you know, this is what I did. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. This is what I did, so that merits me my my salvation. You know that's that's not true. It is not true. There's nothing that we could do to earn our salvation. Do you know that uh, even Christians, uh, we do not deserve heaven. There's nothing that we deserve. But anything we receive from the Lord is because of his mercy, his grace, the price that Jesus paid for us on the cross. Isn't that, you know, it is something for us to remind ourselves that he loves us. It's because he loves us. He died for us. And this is what Paul and his missionary team are Proclaiming to Jews and Gentiles alike, there's nothing, it's not by keeping the law, but it's by trusting in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made in our place. And then the second um, affirmation they made, they asked the Gentile believers out of consideration for the Jews. Not to engage in three things that were especially offensive to the Jews. They encouraged the Gentiles. Now these things are very offensive to the Jews, so we ask you to refrain from them: eating things sacrificed to idols, eating meat, unbled meat from animals that had been strangled, and fornication which was commonly accepted in the pagan culture. So this was the the core of their message as they traveled uh, and visited the churches that had been established on this Roman road route that they are traveling over to Troas. And even today, do you know that we need to Encourage, affirm churches of the gospel. The core of the gospel is that it's trusting in Jesus. Trusting in Jesus. That is the foundation stone that we stand upon. What Jesus accomplished for us, provided for us on the cross. And it strengthens churches to learn to walk in love, acting in a loving regard for others so as not to cause needless offense. Now, isn't that a a remarkable thought? They wished to avoid offending the Jews so that lost Jews could get saved and believing Jews would not separate from the Gentiles in the churches. Does that make sense? They were encouraged and affirming in the churches to uh, have a loving regard for one another. So that brings us down to verse 5, and it says, And so were the churches established in the faith, and increased in number daily. So then as we continue on, we find out that Paul wanted to go down into Asia. I'll get my little marker here again. So he's up in this area. Here's the Roman road. And he wanted to go into Asia this area here. And, what does it say? But the Spirit suffered them not. Now, it does not tell us how the Holy Spirit told Paul that he and his team were not to go into Asia. It may have been a prophet, a vision, an inner conviction, or some other circumstance. It may And even with us today, we may not hear an audible voice. It doesn't say that that he heard an audible voice. But I made up, I've got uh, five little points here on seeking God and knowing his will. It says, when seeking God's will and to follow his leading takes much prayer... make sure our plans agree with God's word ask mature christians for their advice check our motives are we seeking to do what we want or what god or what we think god wants and pray for god to make you aware of the context now what i mean by that is what is actually going on, the, the environment, the circumstances and conditions to open and close doors? You know, what really, you know, what really is going on? And Lord, you can close doors, you can open doors. The Holy Spirit closed the door for Paul to preach in Asia why we don't know however there m- may be reasons we don't understand and that's that's okay that's why god is god and we are not we do not know what happened exactly but they were guided to travel past the turnoff that would have led them into asia so paul is still very enthused about Got to get out there and preach the word. So it says, when they came to the border of Mycia, now that is a little province, they tried to enter Bithynia. Now that's to the north. Up here is Bithynia, this area here. So Asia was down here. Bithynia is up there. And it says... The Spirit suffered them not. They realized that the Spirit of God did not want them to go to Bithynia. Now this was twice a change of plans for Paul. And he must have wondered, what direction was he going anyway? Where was he supposed to go to preach the gospel? So what did they do? They continued on down to Troas, and Troas, remember, is up here. It's a port right on the A, G, and C. There's the A, G, and C, and there's Troas. It was not their original plan. Paul sometimes had to change his plans because that evidently wasn't what God wanted him to do. But Troas was a port to enter Europe from Asia Minor. Now, as I was studying this, I thought, you know, that is so interesting. There were people that needed the Lord, no doubt, in Asia. There were people that needed the Lord in Bithynia. But the Spirit of God told Paul... That wasn't where he was supposed to go. So sometimes the Lord opens doors, and sometimes he closes doors. And it's for us to be paying attention, to be seeking him. Be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until they got to Troas that he had this vision So I imagine that Paul was doing a lot of praying. But he saw a vision in the night of a man from Macedonia calling him to come over and help them. Knowing God's will is sometimes like driving in a fog. And even on the way in this morning, there was places that it seemed really foggy but if you're driving in a fog, particularly at night, you can only see a little ways ahead. And sometimes it's, it's really bad, just a few feet ahead. But God just gives us enough light to see the next few feet. Later, it was later on. In Acts chapter 18 and 19, where Paul actually did go into Asia to preach the gospel. And it simply was not God's will earlier for him to do so. And God is sovereign. There is a mystery with God. And, you know, God is, there's things that God does that we will never understand. But he is sovereign and God has a plan. And so the Holy Spirit can direct us not only where to go, but perhaps some places where we ought not to go. And I th- I think that so many times in my life that there has been a, in the everyday living of life, you know, we we often will start out a day and say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to be sensitive to the spirit of God. And it is as we, as we do that, if that's our prayer, even in the everyday things of life, everyday living, as you go shopping, as you do your business about town, as you travel someplace, do you know that the spirit of God... Can guide you. I should, uh, I remember going past uh, a lady's place, a couple's place, on my way home one day. And as I'm driving along, I had this sudden urge that I should stop at their place. And so I pulled in and uh, stopped and knocked on the door. And wouldn't you believe it, the husband opened the door and he said, you wouldn't believe this. He called, turned around and called to his wife. He said, you wouldn't believe this. Velma's at the door. (laughs) And, of course, you know, then I began to find out the story that she had been going through a really bad time. And he had said to her, why don't you call Velma, have her come and pray with you. And so um, she had said, no, you know, I won't bother today. And uh, then comes the knock on the door. And this was why all of a sudden. I thought to myself, you know, oh my, how I would love to be that responsive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit all the time, all the time, because sometimes, you know, we we don't know. Even to protect us from danger, you know, if you're, maybe you're going to drive home and you think, oh, I'll take this different route, and... Maybe there's an accident on the route that you were planning to take. We don't know these things, but God knows these things. And if we can, you know, I just encourage us to have our hearts open to the leading and to be responsive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we don't know just how God spoke to Paul, but he did. And he didn't know what God had in mind, but he kept on heading down the Roman road, ended up at Troas, and then he has this vision. And then he knows where he's supposed to go. There is a balance. You know, we're not to quench the Holy Spirit, but on the other hand, you know, to think about uh, the decisions that we make, examine things carefully, and the Bible says, hold fast that which is good. So we have Paul's vision. I think Paul was wrestling with the Lord to really uh, understand what God's plan was. He was looking for God's answer. God gave him this vision. Now Macedonia is located over here, up here, in Greece, in Greece. Which meant that the Lord wanted to send Paul and his companions to the west. Now he's headed west. What is his response? It says, immediately they set about to obey God's call. And it says here, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. What does that imply? They've been looking for God's will. And finally found what God wanted them to do. They were guided by the Holy Spirit because they were looking for God's plan for them. And what was accomplished? The gospel entered into the European continent because God gave Paul a vision of a man of Macedonia. And it opened the door into the Roman Empire, you know, uh, there was so much that was impacted by this entrance into Europe and the Western world. And maybe that's why we have the gospel here in Canada, because, because uh, Paul responded to a Macedonian call. So I just want to encourage you today to pray, to seek the direction of the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to what he is saying to you. And may our hearts be open to him walking in in peace, uh, being sensitive to uh, the people around us, and uh, just desiring to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to close in a word of prayer. Thank you for being here, and I trust that this has been an encouragement to you. Heavenly Father, we just come to you at this time and we thank you that you see us you know us you are here with us and i pray for every person in the sound of my voice that you will continue to encourage them to be sensitive to your voice to walk in your ways to desire to know you more and more and to know that that we have What we have received, it's all because of Jesus and your great plan of redemption for us. Thank you. Bless each one as they go on their way today. May they know that you care for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the Lord bless you. Thank you for being such a great person congregation. Amen. It's good to see you. Have a wonderful day. Stay warm. (laughs) Stay warm.